When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to Dyslexia Devoted, the podcast dedicated to building awareness, understanding, and strategies to help those with dyslexia. I'm your host, Lisa Parnello, dyslexia therapist and founder of Parnello Education Services. Join me as we dive into today's episode of Dyslexia Devoted. Hello, friends, and welcome back. It is the 52nd episode of Dyslexia Devoted, which means for an entire year, I've brought you weekly lessons on all things dyslexia, learning differences, success stories, and everything in between. It has been such a pleasure to have had you join me this year as I went on this podcaster journey, and I'm so glad that you've tuned in each and every week, and I've got a bunch of new listeners these last couple weeks, so thank you so much for joining me. For episode 52, I'm going to do a one-year reflection on the switch from having my business be my part-time job on the side that I did for five or six years, officially a little bit longer than that, unofficially before it became a formal business. Now I switched one year ago into making it the heart and soul of my daily life, and it was the best decision I ever possibly could have made for myself. Episode 52 is all about a one-year reflection and why educators are leaving the schools right now. Don't worry, next week we will be back to our normal routine and it will be all about new fun strategies that you can use for kids in the summertime and some fun learning activities that you can do for summer, whether you're a parent or an educator. So I'll go back to my completely normal routine. I've already got an episode mapped out for you on that one, but this was a major milestone that I really couldn't pass up. And to be perfectly honest, I've been really thinking about it for an entire year about when I should share the reasons with you why I left the school to begin with. It's something that is definitely taking some time and reflection and some calming strategies over this past year to get over the stress of what it was like to be in schools in these last couple of years. And I think it's really important for everyone to know what's happening in our educational systems right now and why there's such a shortage of teachers and why the teachers that are there don't seem like they're doing their best, even though I promise you most of them are doing their absolute best. And so let's take this episode to talk about what's happening in our schools and why a lot of amazing educators are leaving. So one year ago, I was the director of the lower school division of a school for kids with dyslexia. And I want to point out the struggles are slightly different whether you are in a private school or in a public school in these last couple of years, because your life probably looked a lot different. In the public schools, a lot of times the school was shut down for an entire year and they spent an entire year teaching online. In the private schools, a lot of times kids went back to school very quickly. Like our school was only closed down for 
you know, from March to the end of the school year and only the first like month and month, maybe month and a half of the school year when the school year started again. And then we switched to that hybrid model where kids were half in person and half online. Trying to teach through all that was challenging. And I know a lot of parents felt like it was homeschooling, but that does not actually mean the teacher's job got any easier. The teachers had just as much work to do, if not more, because a lot of times whatever you did in person, you can't do the same online. So then you had to adapt everything you would normally do to try to make it feasible to do on the internet. And then kids turn off their cameras so you feel like you're talking to yourself and the normal feedback you would give to the kids, you can't because you don't want to embarrass them in front of the whole class. And there's all these other things that come into factors. And then we also have the fact that with the pandemic and at the very beginning, many people who are older were more susceptible to getting more sick. And so therefore, educators who were closer to retirement, a lot of them chose to just retire and call it a day because they didn't want to be exposed to children all the time that would put their health at risk. And then we also have people with other health conditions, such as, you know, heart diseases or cancers or things like that, that are immunosuppressed and they couldn't be in schools either. So factor in the, in the real world, people like that work in schools and work with kids. So all of those things meant that everybody who didn't have those kinds of conditions and other problems were doing their, their own job, plus somebody else's on top of it, working day to day with schools and kids teachers and educators who were parents and therefore they had to work with their own children at home because their schools weren't open even though ours were and it built this long-term struggle of everybody having to cover for somebody else for an extended period of time in educator world it is very common that you help cover for your fellow teacher in some way whether that be you taking their students into your classroom because there's no substitute or you end up having to substitute in another classroom and all of these factors are one thing if they happen for you know, a short period of time. Sometimes there's like a crazy month at school, something's going on. But for it to happen continuously for one, two, two and a half years, it really starts taking its toll. For me personally, one of the biggest struggles is there were no substitutes. So I hit the point where I was the division director, the Wilson trainer, so training the teachers to do our reading program, and a substitute teacher all simultaneously. Meanwhile, my boss was across the country over in Cape Cod. So I ended up running a lot of the day-to-day -day operations of the school on top of doing all these other things, and it just was never ending. Each day, I was always covering for somebody else and always feeling like I couldn't keep up, and I would end up working 14-hour days because I could never physically do my own job plus all the covering for everybody else during the day, and that made it really challenging for me. One of the things people suggested, well, just don't do your tutoring kids, just cancel on them. But do you know why I didn't do that? I realized they were the best part of my day. That was the one part of my day that was going really, really well. And I didn't want to give up the one part of my day that was actually going really, really well to just do all the things that were going really, really horribly. That became a huge motivator for me to go ahead and make the change for my business being the part-time thing that I did to full-time because I realized that working directly with kids was the happiest part of my day. One thing a lot of people don't realize when they're trying to find a specialist in something is that a lot of times the people who are really good at something get promoted and then they don't do it anymore. When I was working at the school, I was a teacher and an instructional coach, and then I became the literacy specialist and helped all of the kids at the dyslexia school who had even more trouble than even our normal groups were uh, able to help. So then they would come to me for a specialized instruction to help the kids who are the most dyslexic and the most challenged. And then when I got promoted to division director, I was no longer working with kids anymore. And same thing with me being a trainer. I am a trainer for Wilson. And 
when you do that, a lot of times you're not actually teaching kids anymore, you're teaching adults. People don't realize that a lot of times the people who are the experts end up training other teachers to become experts, and then they aren't directly working with the reason they got the job to begin with. And that was something that really disappointed me, because that was the part I always loved the most was really working with kids. Because when you're a division director, that means everybody who's unhappy with anything comes to you. So pretty much my life every single day was somebody telling me all the things I'm doing wrong and all the things I should be doing better and all the ways that they're angry. I don't actually do well with somebody berating me every single day about how terrible of a job I'm doing. And it's really not a very motivating thing to keep doing. And so when I was doing my best and doing three jobs at once... And then every day people telling me that I'm not doing them good enough because, you know, I can't stop a pandemic. Um, I also can't stop a teacher shortage and I can't make somebody be perfect on their first day. That actually happened. We had a long-term substitute come in because during the pandemic, a teacher had a baby and then we had to hire somebody and bring them in. And then I had to train them on the job because you can't hire somebody who's an expert in dyslexia. It's pretty much impossible because all the people who are experts are all busy and have jobs already. And so we do a lot of on-the-job training, which is totally normal. Pretty much every job in the universe does this. Somebody gets trained as they're learning to do their job. But the difference is when we were in the middle of some of this hybrid learning and people were in person and online simultaneously, imagine your first day at a new job being broadcast for everybody in the world to see every tiny mistake you do. It's really hard to be a teacher, especially a teacher who's doing hybrid learning with some kids in person and some online and all of that. And it's not easy. And then parents being really upset that they're not doing perfect on their first day. It's not realistic. Any job you've ever done, you were probably not perfect on your first day, but there wasn't a whole crowd of people watching you and analyzing you and tearing you down when you did that. That is one of the things that people don't realize is that teachers go to school for years and years and many have master's degrees and are underpaid for getting a master's. If you go be an engineer with just your regular bachelor's degree, you make a hundred grand just the day out of walking out of graduation. Whereas if you're an educator, you can't actually get paid hardly anything at all if you only have a bachelor's and then you have to go get a master's, which requires student loans and all these other things to then get berated every day that you don't know what you're doing. That is a really tough spot to be in, and it's really degrading and demoralizing. And a lot of the reasons that educators are leaving the classrooms is not actually because of the kids. It is because the way they're being treated and disrespected and not treated like professionals. And it's really disheartening. Now for the flip side, because let's not make this a total Debbie Downer episode. I am thrilled that I switched from doing Parnello education part-time to making it my full-time business, and it was by far one of the best decisions I ever made. I make my own schedule. I generally only work four days a week, and I choose to work four really long days, and they're longer than I initially planned because I'm a total sucker for a kid who can't read, so I now have a couple kids I see at 7 a.m. Why did I agree to that again? Oh yes, they're adorable. They need to read. Kind of important. And so my days are longer than I meant for them to be, but I can have three-day weekends. I only work Friday if I feel like it, and even then it's more like recording this podcast that I actually really enjoy doing. I've been able to do 52 episodes of helping you guys learn more about dyslexia and education and learning differences and things like that. I have parents who are really happy with me and families who are amazing that I work with and who are super respectful 
because it's my business. I get a choice. If you're not respectful, you're not allowed to be one of my clients. It's a pretty firm rule. I have an adorable families only rule. I'll be really honest. And by adorable families, I do not mean by looks. I mean by kindness. Kindness is literally my number one rule for the clients I take on. I am all for teamwork and collaboration and suggestions on what we should work on next. And I love being a partner with the families that I work with because we've seen amazing gains this past year with the clients I've been able to see because I can actually see them more frequently now for some people because I can start my days earlier so I can take on more kids than I could when it was only part time. And I can see a few kids more frequently than I could before because I was doing it on top of a day job. And so I only had a certain number of days or a week or a certain number of hours in a day. And so I can see more kids and see them more often. And the gains have been amazing. Each day I'm treated like a respected professional. I am treated like I know what I'm doing because I do. I'm very good at what I do. It is one of those things where I get to work with the best parts of my job. I get to pick what I do for my business. So I'm intentionally picking things. I like doing this podcast and teaching, teaching adults, teaching kids, which is why I started the podcast and then the online courses for parents and educators, because I'm really good at teaching both parents and educators on top of teaching kids. I like doing teacher training. I like helping parents better understand things that are not widely explained in the regular school system. And I get to pick all the favorite parts of my job. And then uh, kind of accidentally, I've been asked to do some curriculum development for a company. So I'm doing curriculum development on the side in between kids, because if you know anything about a tutor's schedule, typically there's this dead zone between like, you know, 10 and one in the afternoon where nobody comes to you because they are all in school or eating lunch or doing all these other things. And so I have this little block in the middle of my day where I go out and I go for a walk. I actually get to go out to lunch now, which as an educator, I've never been able to go out to lunch in the middle of my workday. I've gotten to go out to lunch with friends several times this year, and that has been glorious to work for a couple hours, go out, have a long two hour lunch with a friend, and then come back and work some more. That has never been something I've been able to do. And it has been thrilling to be able to just decide that, oh, sure, I can go take a long lunch today, no problem. I've been able to decide when my own vacations are. I ended my school year early for my tutoring clients, so this has actually been my very last week with students for this school year. And then I'm going to take a couple-week break from working with students before my summer program starts. So I get to go on a vacation at a cheaper time of year, which is awesome. And the weather is a lot more pleasant if you go in May instead of July, if you go on vacation somewhere. And I actually can have a little bit of control over my own salary, which was something at the last school I didn't realize I was being underpaid by literally tens of thousands of dollars because I wasn't allowed to see the pay scale because they didn't really have one. And so I didn't know what anybody else made. Even though I was the boss of other people, I had no idea what the people I was managing, I didn't know what their salaries were. So I didn't know for a long time that I was barely making more than a regular teacher, despite being a division director. So now I have some control over my salary. I can choose if I need a little bit more money this month, I can do a little bit more contractor work. I can choose to extend my hours or to work a couple Fridays if I need to. If I'm tired and I want to take a little more time off, I can do that. I can set my own days off if I need to, which actually I'm not feeling quite as tired or at least not emotionally exhausted. There's also, you know, it's May at the end of the school year, everybody's tired, 
But in terms of emotional exhaustion, I don't feel so much of that because I get a break in my day. I can go for a walk. I can go take a relaxing lunch break and go out to a nice lunch in the middle of my workday if I want to. And all of those things are great to be able to recharge my batteries. It's not like an eat a granola bar as I run down the hall. It's definitely happened. And it got a lot more difficult when we had to wear masks all the time because there was a lot less eating involved when I couldn't take a mask off to eat something around everybody. I am absolutely loving taking Parnello education full time. I've been thrilled to see all the kids I've been able to support this year and all the families I've been able to support this year. I still have a lot of learning to do. I am not a marketing expert. I have no idea how to sell online courses and that kind of thing, but I know how to teach courses. I know how to teach kids. I know how to support family. So I'm okay learning a little along the way. I'm a total nerd. I love taking classes. I love learning new things. And so that has been a fun part of this year as I felt like I was learning and growing this year. So while I wasn't perfect at things, that really wasn't my goal. I knew that I was doing everything I could to help kids be successful, and I was seeing their progress. I was seeing the parents' appreciation of seeing how great their kids are doing now. And I was absolutely loving each and every day of my job. There's not been one day where I'm like, oh, I can't do this one more day. I was in a meeting before I was on a discussion panel, And they were asking me some questions and wanting to know what I'm doing right now. I was like, well, that's a long list of things. I'm working one-on-one with kids. I'm doing contractor work. I'm a trainer and I train teachers and I've got some online courses and there's the podcast. So yeah, there's kind of a lot. Um, I'm a little crazy, but I love all the things that I do. And the person said, well, you're an entrepreneur. That's what you do. And it really affected me because I know technically that's what I am, but I would never call myself an entrepreneur. It is not a word I would ever use to describe what I do. I'm just a nerd who's really passionate about what I do and what I teach and how to help support kids and families. And so it was really funny hearing someone call me an entrepreneur and be thought of as, you know, a business owner. When I feel like I just made a job of doing all the things that make me happy. And I'm really grateful that I found this career and that I didn't listen when people are like, don't become a teacher. You don't get paid anything. Well, I didn't. I got paid really cruddy for a really long time. And that's actually why I started this business, is because I couldn't afford my student loans with my crummy salary. My first tutoring jobs were really just to pay off my grad school loans. And then they became paying for vacations. And then I realized I could actually make an entire job of just doing my side job. And it was a really great decision. And I've met amazing families and amazing educators and amazing other business owners too, because, you know, I don't talk to adults all day. I talk to children and that's it. And so it's been really great that I've been able to connect with other business owners who do similar jobs to what I do. So some speech and language pathologists, some psychologists and things like that. And we've been able to meet for lunches and make new friends because all of us just talk to children all day. So it's nice to have adult conversations. And it has been a roller coaster of emotions to go from being burnt out, stressed out, and miserable, and in tears, a lot and lot, a lot of tears in the last year at my old job, into being pretty content each day. I might be tired. I might be physically tired because I do work longer days than I planned because I'm a sucker for adorable children. I end each day feeling pretty content, and that is a wonderful feeling to go from feeling stressed out and feeling like I just can't do this anymore to remembering why I started becoming a teacher to begin with, to help those kids, to help the kids have those light bulb moments when it all makes sense again, 
and to see the joy on their faces when they feel themselves be successful and to feel like I can be successful, to see that I really am doing really great things. Because even though I was working really hard at my old job and my old staff members, I see them quite often, tell me how much they miss me and what a great job I did while I was there. Because remember, I only heard the negative feedback, but my team felt really good about the way I led them. And I did a great job leading that division. And my team members still miss me and tell me all the things that they learned from me and are doing now without me because I showed them how to do it on their own. And I can see them be successful without me, which means I know I did a good job leading them because I taught them not just to do it with help, which means they can do it on their own and that is leading to their own success and they don't always have to lean on me. And it's a really good feeling to know I did something good. Even though I was so stressed out at the time, I couldn't see the good that I was doing because I just heard so much negative feedback. It was hard to hear the positive stuff. Wrapping up this episode... Please give your child's teachers some love and some hug and some kindness because they haven't gotten a lot of it this year. These last couple years have been rough all around. I know a lot of educators who just turned in their notice right now. I know a lot of educators who said, I'm not going back. Remind them that they're cared for and appreciated and that you know they're trying their best because I think some teachers really need to hear that right now. That's it for today. Next week, we will go back to our regularly scheduled learning episodes all about dyslexia and learning differences. Thank you for listening today. Next week is all about some fun summer learning. See you next time. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. If you want to learn even more about dyslexia, check out parnelloeducation.com forward slash courses. See you next time.